Welcome back. It's another episode of From Religion to Relationship. It's your girl, Jade. I am too excited to be recording this episode for you guys tonight. The title of this episode is Worth the Wait. Let's get into it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Once again, another episode of From Religion to Relationship. I know I have been gone for so long. Oh, my gosh. But I thought it was so appropriate to have the title Worth the Wait. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like a double entendre because it's like y'all probably been waiting for another episode for forever. But that's not really what the episode is about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, Yes, this episode is actually called Worth the Wait uh, just because of this past season of my life. Um, God has really, really been showing me and teaching me the importance of being patient and waiting on his timing and not thinking that it's my timing or not thinking that I'm supposed to get what I think I want because I think it's time for me to have it. And I don't really know about y'all, but I'm really impatient. I've always been very impatient since I was a child. Um, I... It's just been me. Um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue to call myself impatient because I don't really want to continue to put labels on myself that are not of God and not what he called me to be. He actually called me to be patient, which is why he's been perfecting that in my spirit and um making sure that I bear that um fruit of this the spirit inside of me. Um, but it's just been like I have been impatient in the past. <laughs> I've been very impatient. I can be impatient now, um, but God is definitely making me more patient as time goes on. And so I decided, um, it's really been on my heart, not I decided. I'm not putting absolutely any of this on me. This is completely spirit-led. Um, for a couple of months now, the Lord has been instructing me to record this episode about being patient and um, waiting on him. Um, but of course he did not release me to actually record the episode until now. Like it's literally like 12 53 in the morning. Like it's almost 1am and he's like, you need to record the episode now you get it. Like it's time. And so here I am. And I'm so excited about it because guys, I have a lot to say. <laughs> I have a lot to say just because I've literally experienced, especially in the past year, I've so experienced what it is to like really just wait on God. Um, so one thing that I want to start off this episode by saying is that God is faithful. He is faithful and you stand on your promises to him and whatever he has for you, whatever desire that he put on your heart, it is still very much for you. Um, but you will likely have to wait on it. And for some things, you are going to have to wait on it longer than others. And um, there are plenty of scripture in the Bible that just kind of tell us to wait or how to wait or just kind of give us instructions on just what it what why waiting is so important. Psalms 130 and five says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits and and in his word, I put my hope. So like that scripture is like, if you go back to it in a season where you feel like, like I'm just in this holding pattern, it's like reminding you to not only be patient with your, your mind, body, your soul, and your spirit, 
but you're going to put your hope back into his word, back into his promises, back into what he, uh, he already wrote out for you, you know, so long ago. Like, um, David waited 15 years to like be the king. Uh, Moses waited 40 years to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And that is not counting the 40 years that they were in the wilderness complaining. <laughs> Moses didn't even get to see the promised land. <laughs> Moses didn't even get to see the promised land because the Israelites complained so daggone much. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Moses, you know what I'm saying? Being obedient servant of God, you know, trying to lead these people out of this. The Israelites literally complained so much that God went to Moses and was like, I'm, I'm going to kill them. Like not in a spiteful way, but I'm going to, I'm, I should strike them down because they're like cursing my name. They're complaining like they, what, like, what, what do they want from me? You know, like God is like frustrated because they keep complaining and he goes to Moses and he's like, they grumble against me. That's what numbers um, 14 and 27 says. Like he was so frustrated with the Israelites, like complaining about nothing <laughs> or about not about nothing, but they were complaining because they thought that they should be at the promised land sooner. They just complain, complain, complain. I had a teacher that used to to say that she's she was a sign she was a um, ASL teacher, and she would sign that like when we would grumble and complain in class, she would sign to us and say at the same time, complain, complain, complain. Like that's what they were doing, and that just brings me to my next point. You ever been waiting on God and you just so frustrated and you just, you just start like really arguing with him. Like you, like you really just start just downright, like just complaining, like not only complaining, but you like fussing at God. Oh wait, y'all, y'all don't ever fuss at God. Oh, okay. Did you get, did you get, did you clutch your pearls when I said, do you fuss at God? You want to know why you clutch your pearls? Because you don't read your Bible. But that's okay because I do read my Bible. And I'm going to give you some perfect examples of people that complained and fussed with God because it happened several, several times in the Bible. As a matter of fact, let's go um, to Job. Um, we all know the story of Job. Uh, a lot of times when people are facing hardships, people, you know, talk about Job. And we all know the story about how pretty much the, I like to say that the devil bet God, like you think Job is so faithful. Like you really think Job is just so faithful. That's crazy. So take everything away from him and see how faithful he'll be. And God is like, no Job, That's my guy. Like Job loves me. You know what I'm saying? Like me and Job, like we, we, we homies, like, you know, he's a, he's a faithful servant. You know, I know my son, you know? Um, and I'm gonna take you up on that. I'm gonna take you up on that because you know, Job would never, he would never, ever, ever, like he would never turn his back on me. And so with that said, you know, Job, he just started having this really hard time. Like God was just taking away his house, his kids, his land, his child, his, his health, his everything. And, um, several times people came up to Job, like Job, you, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, (laughs) 
people were really concerned about Job. Um, and at one point in Job two and nine, his wife, he, she actually came up to him and she said, um, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. And Job is like, girl, relax. You know, I mean, he didn't say that, but I'm paraphrasing. Um, but yeah, like his wife is literally like, uh, Job, curse God and just die. Like you're literally suffering. You don't have anything left. Die and curse God while you're at it. Like, can you imagine somebody saying curse God and die? Like, girl, not too much. Like, not too much. Like y'all, like there have been times where I outright personally, I've gotten very even disrespectful with God in those times where I'm so frustrated with the weight, like I've gotten like, and I'm, and I'm not saying to do this. I'm just letting you know what I have done and, you know, my vulnerability with him, just like, because I'm so frustrated that things aren't going the way that I wanted them to go when I wanted them to go that way. I'm just downright, just mad and sassy with him. Like, how could you do this to me? You don't love me. Da, 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 da. Um, this past summer, I was actually on a job hunt and I had interviewed for this job for like two months. It was like seven rounds of interviews. It was very extensive. It was very stressful. Um, and of course, after going through all these rounds of interviews, duh, I'm like, I'm going to get the job. Like, duh, like it's been seven rounds of interviews. Like this is what God has for me, period. So I'm, you know, I'm thanking him in advance, you know, whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm happy. I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? I'm at this other job. I'm like crossing my arms. I'm, 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 I'm turning my nose up. Cause I'm like, boom, I'm finna leave y'all anyway. Y'all don't do me right. I don't even care. Cause I'm finna get this other job. It's been seven interviews, bump y'all period. And y'all, I ain't get the job. I ain't, I didn't, um, <laughs> I didn't get the job. After seven rounds of interviews, baby, your girl did not get that job. And when I tell you, I was not mad at God. I was very furious at God. I warred with him. I screamed at him. I was so mad because I'm like, how could you? Like, how, how could you? Like, you see me at this job. I feel like I'm suffering. I feel like I'm going through it. Why would you do this to me? Like, I'm just mad. I'm mad. I'm pissed. I'm yelling at him. Just going in, child. Just going in. I mean, I had to have, I had to have to come to Jesus with Jesus because how, why was I talking like that? I don't know, but I'm just letting you know that I got mad at him. I did. I really did. And I, and, and, and that's not something that's so foreign when you're waiting. And that's literally a part of the way it's a, it's a really huge part of the way that we can be honest, because how many times have, has something similar happened to you where you were waiting and then there was this glimpse of what you thought God had for you or what you convinced yourself that God had for you as a matter of fact. And then it didn't happen. And then you got mad at God. Like how many times has that happened to you before? Or just in general, how many times have you been waiting so long that you got impatient and you got frustrated with God? And you're just like, bro, like this ain't going to happen. Like you, 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 you really must not have this for me. Like that's really the problem because you really don't have it for me. Like that's, that's it. And there are so many times where we do get frustrated with God in our wait 
And I don't want you to be discouraged because of that. Like, I don't want you to shy away from waiting. And I don't actually want you to shy away from your emotions either. Because God is a really big God. He's a really big God. And he is not afraid of your anger. He is not afraid of your frustration. He is not afraid of your heartbreak. He's not afraid of any of that. Like, none of that is so concerning to him that he cannot, I mean, not so concerning to him. None of that is so scary to him that he can't handle it or he won't handle it or he won't help you through it. That's a part of being vulnerable with God that I don't really feel like people talk about enough. Like when people talk about waiting on God, they're just like, always like they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings. And I think that that's a wonderful scripture. I think it's great. I think that you should absolutely go to that scripture when you're in the wait. But let's let's be real here. Let's just this this is called from religion to relationship. And in your relationship with God, you're going to get mad at him. In any relationship, you're going to get mad. You're going to get a little frustrated. You know what I'm saying? You're going to you're going to be a you're going to be a little bit like, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? You're you're it's not all peaches and cream all the time in every relationship. Like that is not realistic. And especially when God um, being the sovereign God that he is, there are times when we're waiting and he is not answering you like he's not. He is not answering you. He's not or he's not giving the, giving you the answer that you want anyway. Like when I was going through that job search, I wanted that to be a yes. And if it wasn't going to be a yes from that job, then I wanted to know when. I wanted to know when. Because I'm like, if not this, then you must be, you must be going to give me a job next week. Because I was so, I was so frustrated that I, that I felt that he took away something that he had promised me. He did, he promised that I would get a job, but he didn't say that I would get that job or that job was for me. I told myself that that job was for me and it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like how many times has that happened to you? You know, like I was just so, I was so frustrated. I'm putting the timeline on it. I'm just like, God, like really? All right. Well, I'm again, like I must be getting a job next week. And the in the company that I was working for, they were just going through all these different things, layoffs, so on and so forth. So I'm just like, you just left me. The Bible literally says I will never leave or forsake you. Here I go. You just left me for dead. Like you don't love me. And that's really the problem. Like, I'm I'm just having it out with him, y'all. I'm being dramatic. I'm crying. I'm frustrated. My blood pressure high. Child, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. It's just a lot going on. And I'm, I'm warring with him. I'm warring with him. But you want to know something? In me doing all of that, What ended up happening is I got tired enough where I realized, A, you have me in this season for a reason. Like you, 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 you have to have me here for a reason. Like I I, I had to calm down again, have my come to Jesus, go back to my Bible and realize that like he, he, 
he's not trying to harm me. Again, it says that in his word. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's what it says in his word. And so if if he has plans to prosper me and not to harm me, then that no was not harmful to me. That no was was to prosper me, as a matter of fact. That not yet, that wait, that hold on, that you're not ready, it's, that's, that's to prosper me. And I had to come to that realization and, and step back and really think to myself, what's, what's my posture in this weight? Like, what is my posture here? Like, am I, do I have a posture of like, Lord, I trust you? Or do I have a posture of you taking too long? I'll do it myself. I'm going to take matters in my own hands because you don't know what you're doing. You sovereign God that knows all and me, a human that doesn't. But I know better than you. Like that's that was my posture. And and I remember. Even. um, Like hearing about the layoffs and that right there was probably like the breaking point for me. Um, not only like emotionally, but spiritually. But when, but when I say breaking point, I do not mean that in a negative way. What I mean is that it was at that point that I knew that I had no more control and I didn't want it. I wasn't, I didn't want it. Like I didn't want to be in control. I I felt like I had been driving the bus or trying to for so long and I didn't know where I was going. I wasn't trying to find out. I wanted God to take control because I couldn't do it. Like I was so tired and I was saying it to my mom, to my friends, to everyone. Like, I'm so tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. But a part of the reason why I was so tired is because I was trying to be in control of my weight. I was trying to be in control of things that I didn't have any control over. And the things that I did have control over, I wasn't, I wasn't really in taking any control over them. For instance, my emotions. I have control over my emotions. But it felt as though my emotions were out of control when I would be disappointed by these things. Like I would just rage. When in all actuality, it's, it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with being sad or being mad. But I don't got to rage out about it every time and throw, a, and throw a, an adult tantrum. You know what I'm saying? I don't have I have control over my actions. Um, But like I said, when I was working in this environment, I was working with people that I felt like did not appreciate me. And I had a bad attitude. I I have control over my actions. They don't have any control over me. And so it was then when I'm like, you know what? You come in here every day with a bad attitude and you could really be better. Like you truly could be better. I had one of my sisters from my Bible study even tell me like, you know, the Lord is showing me that you are going around this mountain and you're going to continue to go around this same exact mountain until you learn your lesson. And I'm just like, dang, well, just eat me up and spit me out, girl. But I needed that because she's right. Like I'm literally in this way. I'm so concerned about the end. I'm so concerned about where God where I feel like God should take me when he should take me, that I'm not even realizing that the reason why I'm here in the first place 
is the reason why I'm waiting in the first place is to perfect my character. I'm I'm so concerned with being out of this situation or getting to where I feel like I should be when I should be there that I'm forgetting that there's a reason why God is saying, well, no, not yet. And also, I'm forgetting that with that new blessing, it's going to come more responsibility, more responsibility that I might not have been ready for had I not done what I did in that in the season that I was in. You know, there's another example of that actually in the Bible Um, It's uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet. God called Jeremiah to be a prophet. And um, he, you know, he told him he would have a ministry. And um, Jeremiah was a prophet for a really, really, really long time. And he had become so frustrated because he felt like his ministry wasn't successful and he felt like well why did you call me to be a prophet and have a ministry if when nobody gonna listen to me everybody's gonna mock me all the time my friends be cracking jokes on me like what's going on and actually in jeremiah 20 and 7 he says oh lord thou has deceived me and i was deceived jeremiah was so he was so frustrated He was frustrated about teaching the word of God. He was frustrated, like I said, that people were mocking him, that his his ministry didn't look by human standards what he felt like it should look like. Does that sound familiar to you? Does that sound familiar? Like when you are when you get frustrated with God because your life, your circumstance doesn't look like what you think it should look like. When, when, when God gave you this promise for this business, for your schoolwork, for your marriage, for your relationship, um, for anything, and, it, and it's not looking like what you think it should look like when you thought it should look that way. And so you get frustrated and then you go to God with your frustration like, well, why would you do that? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm doing what you wanted me to do. That's pretty much what Jeremiah is saying. Like, I'm doing what you wanted me to do. And I here I am deceived because I'm thinking I'm about to be this big, successful preacher. And I'm not. Everybody hates me. Um, He was just really frustrated. He had really been doing the will of God for years and nothing had changed. It was still the same, like year after. Can you imagine that? Like year after year after year, like he's preaching the gospel. He's doing what he was commanded to do. He's being a faithful servant. And people are still like, Jeremiah, you are a joke. Here here comes Jeremiah, child. Here he comes trying to preach the word of God. Here he come. Oh, here he here comes Jeremiah. Like people just talking so bad about him. And he's just like, wow, like y'all don't have to do me like that. Um, he felt like misled and even discouraged about his calling. Like, why did you call? Like, why would you call me to this to make me a joke? Are you cra- like, God, like, are you crazy? You've deceived me. Like, you've deceived me. Like, you told me that I was going to be a prophet just so that I can be a laughing stock. Again, does that sound, does that sound familiar? Like, y'all, I had prayed for the job that I was in. I had prayed and and then it turned around and messed up my mental health. But again, but let me, let me, let me just pose this question. Do you ever, are you ever praying for something? Then you become impatient for what you're praying for. Then you take the counterfeit. Then when you're in the counterfeit, you don't want to admit to yourself that it's the counterfeit. So then it becomes God's problem. Uh Uh-oh. 
then it becomes God's issue that you decided that you wanted to take the counterfeit. But while you at the counterfeit, God then decides, okay, you're now that you're here, let's do something about your character. I'm going to teach you two things. I'm going to teach you to wait on what I have for you. And then I'm going to teach you something about your character that you can, that I want to be greater inside of you. And so for me, it was, you rushed, you got this job because you, you were in a place where I did need a job at the time. Do I necessarily feel now that this, that particular job was the job that God had for me? No. Do I feel like I went there for a reason and it did it was a great opportunity, but it wasn't just the opportunity for my career. It was the opportunity for my character. Yes. And that is what God had for me in, in that space. He was trying to teach me something about, about myself, about my character, about standing up for myself, about, um, I, I had, um, a chat with one of my friends about that. Cause she felt the same way about one of her jobs that God was trying to teach her how to stand up for myself and teach her boundaries. And I feel like that's something that I learned there as well, but also teaching me about how to control my own emotions and to work diligently with the heart of God, no matter what type of environment that I'm in, how to handle workplace conflict. Like these are all things that God was trying to perfect in my character in a place that Honestly, I probably shouldn't have been in the first place. Um, but Jeremiah, on the other hand, he was he was called to be a prophet. God told him, God told him that he was a prophet, that he would have this ministry. Um, but Jeremiah, he just felt he felt so, so discouraged. In fact, that in this same in this same um, chapter, he actually told God that he wouldn't he wouldn't say his name anymore. Pretty much he's telling him like, I won't preach the word of God anymore. Like I won't say your name. I won't do it. And, but literally after that, it's, it's, he's, he goes into saying, but my heart won't let me like it's, it's in my veins. It's like, it's like burning up inside of me that I have to do this. His convictions would not allow him to stop preaching the word of God because that's what he was called to do. It didn't matter what he thought it should look like. It didn't matter what he thought by human standards, how successful he should have become. That was his calling and that's what he should have been doing. And so his convictions would not allow for him to stop doing it. Um, at the end of that scripture, he he ends up, you know, saying that, you know, the Lord is with me. He's. He's a mighty and awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed for they have they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. So he went from saying like, God, you've deceived me to God. I know you're with me. I know you're with me and, you know, bump, bump my haters pretty much. And I, I just, I feel that the reason why he was able to go from that valley to that peak was his vulnerability with God. People be, they're so, you, you feel like you got to be politically correct in your relationship with God. 
you feel like you cannot be angry with him. Like he can't handle your anger as though your anger is scaring him. <laughs> like, like he can't handle you being angry. Like that's almost insulting for you to think that a God so mighty can't handle it when you come to him and you say, I'm mad at you. Why would you think that? Why would you hide your anger from someone you are in relationship with? To me, that would breed resentment. If you are not, if you feel like you're not allowed to express your emotions freely in your romantic or platonic relationships, it would seem to me that you would begin to be resentful of that person. And why would you want to be resentful of a God that has your back and loves you like no other? When you could just say what you feel. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Not, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you going to God in that type of vulnerability and saying like, I feel, I feel misled. I feel like, I feel like I'm a joke here. Because what happened in that moment was God was able to search Jeremiah's heart and deal with those emotions and then get him back to a place where he realized, but you know what, God, I know that you're with me. I know that you're with me and you're going to continue to walk with me. But also let's talk about this. There are times when you are going to go from low to high and high to low. Cause that wasn't even Jeremiah's last time feeling like that. As a matter of fact, if we go down to, um, um, chapter 20, verse 14, Jeremiah goes, curse the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. I mean, Jeremiah was a little dramatic. Let me just, he was a little dramatic. <laughs> if we go down to um, verse 18, it says, why did I ever come out the womb? Like he's li literally just giving it to God again. Like <laughs> curse the day I was born. Oh my gosh. He's just really having it out with him. He's really having a hard time. But you want to know something? In this hard time, God never condemned, condemned Jeremiah. He never condemned him. He never, um, he never said, like, he never said, I smite you and die to Jeremiah. He never did that. He never did that. He loved him still. He still uh, blessed him. He still was with Jeremiah. He took, as a matter of fact, he took everything that Jeremiah was saying that would people would deem so disrespectful. And why, would, and why would you say that to God? And, oh, my God, I'm clutching my pearls. God took it to the chin because he understands human frustration. And it's okay. He's, he, de he didn't love Jeremiah any less. He didn't take away his calling. He took it to the chin. He's like, all right, son, you're frustrated. I understand you're not where you wanted to be. But let me also point this out. When, when God called Jeremiah to be a prophet, Jeremiah assumed that he would become super successful. He would be widely known. He would be widely respected. He assumed that. But God never said that to him. God actually told him that what was going to happen, he told him that it would happen. What's happening to him, all the people being mean and rude to him and not really respecting him, he told Jeremiah that that is what was going to happen. But Jeremiah 
as humans do. We take one part of what God says to us and we run with it. Oh, God told me I was going to be a prophet. Okay, you know what? I'm about to be famous. People are going to love this with Jeremiah and didn't. And didn't. But he didn't listen to the, he did not listen to the full promise. He did not listen to the full promise. He did not. Let me say it again. He did not listen to the full promise because God told Jeremiah exactly what would happen. And had Jeremiah listened to the full promise, he would not be so upset. But because God knows our character as human beings, when we do become upset, even though he already gave us the instruction, even though he already gave us the promise and he told us everything, when we do become upset about things that we think are supposed to happen, even though he never said that they would, it's okay because he forgives us anyway. He loves us anyway. And we're allowed to have those emotions and we're allowed to come to him with those emotions, but his will will still be done. His will was still done. Jeremiah still did what he needed to do, regardless of if Jeremiah thought it should look different or not. That was not God's will. God's will was still very much being done. Still very much being done. So back to me, when I was searching for a job, I had started saying some very, very specific prayers because I had become the type of person to switch jobs every single year. If you know me, if you know me personally, and we've been friends for a long time, then you know every single year that at some point or another, you're going to call me and be like, hey, girl, what's new? And I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, girl. Or, oh, yeah, friend, I got another job. And you're going to be like, girl, you know you stay with a job. I'm Literally, all my friends have said that to me. The same conversation. Every year, I would get a new job. I had become tired of that. I had grown tired of it because I just felt like it was showing more of the fact that I had become impatient and not and it it felt like it wasn't disciplined to me. And I just wanted something different. I said and I prayed to God about it. I said, "God, I'm I'm really tired of ending up in this same situation over and over again." I'm tired of getting into these jobs and getting burnt out after six months to a year, sometimes even less, and just up and getting another job. And um, I really want you to put me in a place where I can grow. I want you to put me in a place with people that will water me so that I can grow. I want you to put me in an environment where I can um, learn and just really become a really productive member of the team. I want to be valued. I want to be seen. Um, I want to do work that I am passionate about. I want to wake up every day knowing that I have made a difference and I have done something um, for someone else um, that will be long lasting and rewarding for me. This is this is what I want. My 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 prayers has stopped being God. Get me out of here. I just want another job. Like I didn't pray like that anymore. And God heard my prayers. And not only did he hear my prayers, he knew the desires of my heart. And not only did he know the desires of my heart, he knew his will for my life. And so me not getting that job and assuming that that job was for me was just like Jeremiah. Because I knew what I had been praying to God. God knew what I had been praying to him. And he also knew that that job was not any of those things that I just spoke about. For me, for somebody else, maybe, but for me, it was not that. And so in my anger, I had forgotten what I had prayed for. I had even forgotten the promise because God 
he his answer was yes. It just wasn't yes to that. And I had also prayed, God, I'm so tired of being in the same place, being in an environment where I feel like I'm mistreated and I'm, you know, just have these bosses. They're not the nicest and so on and so forth. But with that being said, that means that something in my character had to change. Yes, it is true. I might not have had the best boss, but I also know myself and I know my attitude my disposition, all of it. God knows it too. And so while I was waiting for this new job, God was also waiting for me to be humble and look at what I was doing and how that might affect where I'm going. And so I ask again, does this sound familiar? What are you, what are you waiting for God to do in your life? And in your waiting season, what is it inside of your character that could potentially affect where, whatever God has for you in your, on the other side of your wait? Because if you're just waiting and just twiddling your thumbs, you're doing it wrong. You're, you're doing it wrong. You are. You should be looking at yourself looking at what's going on inside of your heart, looking at what's, what is God trying to teach me? Why is he telling me to wait? Because, yeah, he is telling you to wait to get to get whatever situation prepared for you, but also he wants you to be prepared so you don't fumble the bag. So had I not taken a moment, taken a beat to be like, dang, like what is it inside my character that I can do differently? How can I communicate better? How can I change my attitude and circumstance in this situation? When I got to the position that was for me, because I did end up getting a new job that I love, that was every single thing that I prayed for. But there are still times when I have to check my attitude, when I have to say, you know what, you're not handling that right. That's not cute. Whereas before, I just would have went with it. Like, okay, well, girl, da-da-da-da-da. No, like, it's okay to, to be direct in your communication, but to still show grace. And still lead with love. And say what you got to say at the same time. Uh, several things can be true at once. I, I don't have to be taken advantage of. I can say, no, I, don't have, I, I just don't have the capacity to do that right now. But I don't have no reason to be lazy either. Just because I feel like, oh, I'm being overworked. No, ma'am. No ham, no turkey. But that was just me. What are you waiting for God for? Where, where, where are some, some things that you thought that God should have given to you that you're angry with him for that he didn't promise you? He didn't, he didn't say marry that person. He didn't say that that job was yours, that that house was yours, that that apartment was yours, that the opportunity was yours. He didn't say that. He didn't. And although the answer might be yes, you do have a new opportunity. That doesn't mean it's that one. And in his no, what is he saving you from? One thing that I've really been saying to God lately is thank you for not giving me what I thought I wanted. Like, I've literally been saying it out loud for the past maybe two weeks now. Thank you for not giving me what I thought I wanted, God. Thank you so much for not giving me what I thought I wanted. 
because he really knows be- like he knows better than us. He knows better than what I think that I want, what I think that is best for me. He knows way better than that. And so I'm so grateful for the times that I was begging and pleading on my knees and just writing in my journal and just fervently praying for this thing. And he said, no, (laughs) that's not for you. And he was okay with me throwing my little tantrum. He didn't care. He didn't care. God cares more about his will for my life than my tantrum anyway. That makes him know, never mind. He's okay with that. He's okay with that. Lord, forgive me. He forgave me. We moved on. As long as I continue to strive for his will, because see, at the end of the day, another prayer that I can constantly pray over myself, and I hope that you pray over you too, is God, I want what you want for me, for your will for my life. And because I know that I cognitively, I know that I pray that prayer. I also know that there are going to be some things that I want, that I want, that I'm not going to get because that's not his will for my life. And it's okay for me to be temporarily upset about those things. But what I do know is that he is a God of exceedingly and abundantly above all things asked for. So whatever it is that I thought I wanted, it really has no comparison to what I'm going to have. I, I truly believe that 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 job compared to the job that I have, apples and oranges. And the job that I have was for me. That place, it was prepared for me. The role that I'm in is new. It's, it was literally prepared for me, for Jade. And so what is being prepared for you? What are you going to walk into? What is God preparing for you and how are you preparing for it? Even though you don't know what it is. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I had to be ready for it when it came to me. Because at one point, I literally at the point where I was hearing about the layoffs, you guys, I literally I gave I gave it. I gave it to God. I, I, I went in my room and I surrendered. I cried and I worshiped for two hours. And I said, you can have it like you can take it from me because I don't want it anymore. I'm not trying to be looking for jobs on the hour by the hour, stressed out, not knowing what to do applying for jobs that I don't really want that aren't really a good fit for me in the first place. I wasn't trying to do none of that. I wanted what God wanted for me and I was willing to give it to him. I said, I know that you, I know that people are getting, getting laid off from this job, but see what I do know is that I won't be one of them. I'll be quitting. I even said it to a coworker. She was saying, oh my God, Jade, they're doing layoffs. We're going to have to look, you're going to have to look for jobs. So many, uh, so many jobs an hour. You're going to have to work on your resume. My, my resume is more than, um, a page. And she was so adamant that my resume shouldn't be longer than a page, but see, I, um, I have a federal resume. And if you work for the federal government, um, or if you don't, one thing about our resumes is they look different than resumes in private sectors. Um, this, just the way that they're formatted, everything looks different. And she didn't know that she hadn't worked for the government. So she was, you know, just trying to, you know, do her big one and help. But um, she was just saying, like, you're going to have to look for a job. Da, 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 da. You're going to have to do your resume, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, I'm a woman of faith and I can choose to have fear or I can choose to have faith. 
in this situation. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to choose to have faith here. I'm not going to be afraid. And she was like, well, all right. And I was like, okay, have a good one. And after that, I came to my room and that's when I worshiped for two hours and cried because I was afraid, but I still had that faith inside of me. And I still, and I, and even in my fear, I did not want to do anything about it anymore. (laughs) I had done enough. (laughs) I had truly done enough. And, and in that worship session, in that crying, in that warring with God and in my spirit, I felt so much peace after that. And it wasn't like a week later or two weeks later. I don't even remember how long it was. I think it might've been, it might've been three or four weeks later that I actually did get a job. It wasn't like super immediate. It wasn't super long either, but whatever it was, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about it anymore. I wasn't trying to contact a whole bunch of people to ask them, what should I do? Da, 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 da. I wasn't doing any of that anymore because I was choosing to have faith in God and what he had for me and be obedient to what he told me to do and where he wanted me to apply and not waste my time doing things that man was, was suggesting of me because I wanted to be obedient to God. And that's no shade to anyone. Like, I believe in wise counsel, but I also believe that sometimes when you're in a season, especially like a waiting season and you're waiting on God to like give you instruction, um, sometimes you don't need the advice of the world. Your mom, your dad, your friends, your cousins, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife. Sometimes you don't need you don't need any instruction from them. You don't need any advice from them because you're doing what God would have you to do. That sounded crazy to that girl. I know it did. I'm going to choose. I said to her, I will not be getting laid off. I'm going to quit. That sounded crazy to her. I know it did. Three weeks later, I quit. (laughs) I wasn't, I didn't take her advice. I didn't change my resume. Well, I did, but I changed it to a federal resume because I wanted to get into a federal position because I felt like that's, you know, that's what God had for me. I didn't take her advice. I didn't do what she wanted me to do. No shade, no tea. I did what God told me to do. And that's, that's, that's what's so important about this waiting process. It's like, not, it's, it's not just like I said, if you're sitting there and you're just twiddling your thumbs, you're doing it wrong. You are. Because even in the wait, there's still obedience. It's not just you just swing your legs like and then God's like, okay, it's here for you. There's still work to be done. One last thing um, that I want to leave you guys with is something that uh, Teddy Roosevelt actually said. Everybody's super familiar with it. He said that comparison is the thief of joy. We use this all the time. We use comparison as is a thief of joy um, when we're talking about um, comparing our situation and to other situation in the sense that you think that they have more than you. But I also want to challenge that and say that sometimes if you are looking at someone else and you think that you have more than them, that is also a thief of your joy. Because why does it matter?
Why does it matter? We're all waiting on something. We're all in a season of, of a wait in some area of our life. And we, we should be focused on that. It doesn't matter that they, they got the promotion, the car, the whatever, and you're still waiting on it. That's okay. You're still in that waiting season of your life. God is still trying to show you a little bit of financial discipline or God is still trying to make sure that you get the right deal on your car, the right interest rate, whatever it is. We're all in a waiting season at some place in our life, no matter how much or how little that you have. But I just want to make sure that you're stewarding your weight correctly. That you're honoring God in your weight. That you're going to him with your frustration when you wait, in your weight. That you're making sure that whatever he's trying to perfect in your character is actually being perfected in your weight. I just want to make sure that we're waiting with the right posture. This has been another episode of From Religion to Relationship. Once again, it's your girl, Jade. Thank you so much, so much for listening. If this message was a blessing to you at all and you feel like it could be a blessing for someone else in your life that's experiencing the same thing, all I ask is that you pass it along. Until next time.